This is Fordham Conversations. I'm Nora Flaherty. Today on the show, we are taking a short but much-needed field trip to Philadelphia. As well as being the home of cheesesteaks, the Liberty Bell, and brotherly love, that city's become the site of more than 2,700 murals. Incredibly, the majority of those murals can be traced back to one organization, the Mural Arts Program. Since it began as a component of the city's anti-graffiti efforts back in 1984, the Mural Arts Program's been busily covering Philadelphia's naked walls with paintings, mosaics, and low-relief sculpture. Muralists produce them together with the people who live in the communities where the murals go up, and as such will have to, or get to, look at them every day. Mural Arts also works with juvenile offenders, prison inmates, victims of crime, and victim advocates in an effort to work on bettering social conditions in Philadelphia. There are a lot of murals in Philadelphia that aren't made by any mural arts program. Plenty of them just spring up. But the program's murals are the ones that really interested my tour guide. My name is Maureen O'Connell, and I am an assistant professor of theology at Fordham University, and I'm primarily down at Lincoln Center, the Lincoln Center campus. I grew up in Philadelphia, so I've kind of noticed them around the city for a long time because they've really kind of taken off, I guess, in the in the mid-80s. Um, but it was really last year at, at a conference on um, religion and art and imagination that I, you know, thought, oh, it would be kind of neat to look at them from sort of the perspective of faith. And so that's really kind of what got me looking at them sort of in a very different way and looking at specific murals, you know, murals that are done on churches, um, uh, mosques, temples, or murals that have, you know, religious imagery connected to them. There are currently 2,700 murals in the city, within the city limits, um, all over the place, under bridges, on overpasses, on buildings, in schools, and there, there are new, you know, new murals that are going up every day. In fact, just talked with a muralist who has done two since I last saw him. So, um, yeah, there's a ton of them. Mural arts in general are a very democratic form of art. It's art that's very publicly accessible. It's art that is not tucked away in a gallery or not kind of part of the private industry of art, but it's something that is really um, very publicly accessible. And so there's been, and that's always been the case, and there's been an increasing push for that sort of thing. Um, but secondly, community murals are distinct, that these are things that grow out of communities. They are not art that comes in by a muralist or an artist or some private foundation and kind of is plunked down in the middle of a community on a, on a wall or around a garden or something, but really something that comes from within the community itself, the community identifying a wall, the community getting together to discuss um, the image that they'd like, given their self-understanding, given their vision, given the values of their community. Um, so it really becomes even that much more democratic because it is an expression and usually an expression made by communities who don't have a voice in the public square in other ways, you know, um, whether that's in city government or even in um, social services or even neighborhood planning and organization. So it, it really becomes an important voice for people who don't have a voice in other venues. I met Maureen O'Connell on a very hot day last week for a tour of a few of her favorite murals. We drove all over Philadelphia talking about her home city, its murals, and what they say to her about faith. We started in West Philadelphia. 
we're in the Mantua section. We're at 34th and Haverford. Mantua is one of the neighborhoods in West Philadelphia. It's very close to the University City neighborhood, which has the University of Pennsylvania and Drexel University sort of making up its, I guess, its hub. Um, and the Mantua section is a really economically depressed area of the city. We're stopped in front of the Gateway to Heaven Pentecostal Church, sort of a storefront church that's been here for about 10 years. They just celebrated their 10th anniversary. And they have this fabulous wall that opens up on a big kind of empty lot here. And the mural arts program approached um, the pastor, a Reverend Smith, who I have had a chance to talk to. This pastor was at first a little bit hesitant about that because um, he's working very hard to have his little church here have a really positive presence in the neighborhood. So he really wanted the message on the mural to be consistent with sort of the work the outreach work, the public work that the church is doing. And so the cool thing is that the muralist who um, sort of decided or was kind of appointed by the mural arts program to work on this, a neat guy named Don Gensler, Don came to this church and worshipped with them for several weeks, several Sundays, came, took a lot of pictures, got to know them, and really sort of through conversations with the with the congregants and also with Reverend Smith decided, you know, worked on what might be the proper and appropriate image for them. So maybe we can talk about, I can show you some of the things when we step out into the disgusting heat. <laughs> Okay, so um, this mural is called Songs of Hope. And um, in talking with Don Gensler, the muralist, he kind of said to me that the inspiration for this came from a tent revival meeting um, that he attended that was kind of set out right here on the, on the lot. The community also expressed some real interest in having young people be part of the vision that really... And I've kind of found this with a lot of the different murals that are done in the African-American community. There is a strong focus on, on kids, on youth, on sort of seeing them as being um, sort of the inspiration and the hope and the promise of the community. So basically Songs of Hope is um, at least a three-story mural. And um, the center focus is a young African-American boy. He's wearing a long, white sort of... I guess almost like a basketball jersey that kind of reaches down below, just above his knees. He's sort of gazing up and forward. And in the background, kind of in muted blues and greens, are different young people doing different activities. One kind of in the, in the background is a young boy who's singing. Um, and again, that ties into the, the theme of the mural Songs of Hope. And in fact, the pastor who just pulled up, and maybe we can talk with him really quickly, kind of said, this boy is not, he's singing, but he's not singing for entertainment purposes. He's singing about something. He's singing probably some of the different songs that have really shaped the African-American experience. And then, you know, you've got other children who are doing other activities and muted in a lot of different ways. But this boy in the center is really kind of in clear focus and he's really kind of seen as moving forward, looking ahead, gazing at something, and kind of being drawn to it. I'm uh, Pastor Carnell Smith, and I pastor the Gate to Heaven Ministry. Um, we basically feed people in the community. We have a kitchen where we feed quite a few people uh, in the kitchen. We give out, you know, clothes and things of that nature. Well, we're here mainly to uh, 
try to restore, you know, the community back to uh, Christ, you know, a lot put prayer back in the community, bring unity back into the community, you know, and most of all to put the fear of God back in the hearts of people so there won't be so much crime and violence in the city. Most of the young people today, the youth in this city, don't have positive role models. And, you know, when this is all you see is ghetto, you know, then that's the type of mentality you're going to have, a ghetto mentality. It's basically a mirror of hope where the young man is like coming out of, you know, out of the world and entering into life and, you know, successfully made it without you know, losing his life or getting locked up in prison or whatever, but has a goal and a vision in mind. Thank you so much. All right, Thanks God for taking a second. You. So where are we headed now? Okay, so now we're going up Market Street, and we're going to hang a right, I think, on 40th and head down into another section of West Philadelphia, the Woodlawn section. Philadelphia... Um, is a, is a really sprawling city. And um, a lot of these murals are predominantly in three, I guess in three main, well, four main areas. You have several that are in sort of the, the center city district of the city, in the historical district. A lot of them are in North Philadelphia, which is, you know, largely an economic de- economically depressed area. Um, I think, I don't know if this is still statistically true, but one of the biggest open-air heroin markets in the country is in North Philadelphia in an area known as the Badlands. Um, and then the, some other murals are over here in West Philadelphia. Um, and the University of Pennsylvania has had a really positive influence over here. So some of these neighborhoods are um, are really quite integrated and economically viable and, and really neat communities. And in fact... One of the Apple schools that um, Steve Jobs built is over here in in West Philadelphia. And then some of them are also in South Philadelphia that has a much more, or at least historically is kind of known as sort of the Italian um, neighborhood of, or area of Philadelphia, um, you know, of Rocky fame. And we're going to go over there and look at one of them. So... They're kind of these different pockets of the city where the murals really tend to be, and um, they each—they all kind of have a different a different flavor. I've kind of been noticing, I think, a real distinction between murals that come out of these neighborhoods and those that are sort of in the historical district, um, and even those that are connected, say, with churches, Italian churches, traditionally Italian churches in the city, and some of those like the one that we just saw um, with um, the Song of Hope over in Mantua. Certainly one of the biggest issues in the city, and this is kind of an aside but an important point, is violence. The city is really wrestling with a a tremendous spike in gun violence. The murder rate is is really high, and actually apparently this year we're on another trajectory for that. So you see a lot of murals, and particularly this one that we're now coming up on um, at 50th and Woodland, um, dealing with issues of violence. This mural is called Families Are Victims Too, and it's a really neat mural because it kind of grew out of a neighborhood sort of support group 
You're listening to Fordham Conversations on WFUV 90.7 and WFUV.org. I'm Nora Flaherty. The show today is on location in Philadelphia with Maureen O'Connell. She's an assistant professor of theology at Fordham, and she's studying Philadelphia community murals from a faith perspective. Let's return to our tour. This mural is called Families Are Victims Too. It's at, I guess, really between the blocks of 50th, 49th and 50th and Woodland Avenue. It was really initiated by this woman named Sandy Spicer, who sort of started um, a support group among neighbors for people who, families who had lost um, loved ones or children or uncles or nephews, cousins, to street violence. And she approached the mural arts program about wanting to, to do something. And so the mural arts program connected her with a muralist named Barbara Smolin. And I've, I've spoken with Barbara, and she talked to me about how difficult this mural really was. Um, it spans, it's sort of, a, it, it, it wraps down and around two a corner. So each component is about 70 feet long. And in meeting with the neighbors about what they what they really wanted, um, Barbara kind of she had to have several meetings, and she said that they were really emotionally exhausting because you know these are people who were telling her the stories of their family members, their loved ones, trying to come up with the image that she thought would be right, and they really wanted this mural. Um, not to really, not necessarily to make a statement about um, gun violence, but really to be a memorial. So, actually, if you notice along the along the fence, because this wraps around a bus terminal, actually, there are, I guess, sort of commemorative um, decorations. These are it looks like some crucifixes, some Easter wreaths that people would normally take to a gravesite, and apparently, people come here rather than go to the place where their loved one is buried or interned. This is where they come to sort of remember them. So along the length of the wall, you'll notice that there are these small portraits with the names of, of different people in the, in the community with their, with their dates, and they wrap all the way around. So the mural kind of starts with this kind of stark, dark landscape down the one side of the block and kind of culminates in this really fascinating piece I want to show you or this image that I want to show you that... Barbara really wrestled with. Interestingly, Barbara is um, is Jewish, and one of the images that came to her boat she wasn't sure was appropriate for her to use is sort of the image of the Pieta, you know, of Mary holding Jesus after he's taken off the off the cross. And but that was really that was the emotion that was the image that really kind of resonated with her based on these conversations that she had. So. The one image at the kind of culminating on the one side of the mural is really a pieta. You know, you have a, it looks like a parent, a father kind of with his arm on the mother. The mother is kind of holding, wailing, kind of her head raised in anguish. Another hand on a child who's definitely um, looks as though he's been slain. He's sort of draped um, in a way that I think is very reminiscent of the pieta, Michelangelo's pieta, you know, in a red cloth or garment and then you sort of have this this angel looking down on them clearly an african-american depiction of an angel which i think is also really fascinating so it seems like it's sort of the one of the culminating images that she used in trying to capture the grief and the feeling and the emotion of these families who have lost their loved ones at first for her she wanted to make this mural some sort of statement to make it have it have it have a bit more of a political statement about violence because that was her own reaction to this 
Um, and the families kind of said, no, this is not what it's about for us. For us, it's about, it's about remembering, it's about um, honoring and moving on. I think this picture right here of this angel is really fascinating. There's sort of these roses that are falling down, but notice the, the cityscape sort of in the backdrop, which I think is kind of neat and situating this image. Um, this is not an angel who's sort of ephemeral and distant, but sort of imminent and present. Um, so you can see sort of the, the colors here just slowly get brighter. Um, in this place, our healing resounds loud and wide for all to see and remember. Um, so it's really a very, a very touching and really beautiful with these gorgeous purple flowers and blue flowers um, and, the, and the images of these different folks. I mean, you can see somebody here was just added, Michael Mitchell, you know, added in 2004. So, you know, it's, it's a living memorial in that regard, too. So... Um, I just find I just find it I just find it fascinating um, that this kind of grew out of a community self-expression. Okay, so we're heading we're heading south on Market Street, and so or no, actually now we're on Broad Street. Excuse me, we're heading south on Broad Street, one of the main the, the main north-south kind of thoroughfare in Philadelphia. Behind us is William Penn and City Hall, and so we're heading into South Philadelphia. There's a lot of murals in this in the South Philadelphia area, and you know over here is kind of considered Southwest Philadelphia, and we were kind of in that section before. There are kind of four things that I'm trying to do with the murals that I'm looking at. The first thing is that I think some of the the murals that are done in conjunction with churches or that have you know religious or sacred imagery, I'm trying to suggest that they are. There are theological texts. So just like you have to interpret sacred scripture, you have to, we need to interpret these. And they give us a sense of the community sort of self-understanding. You know, how do they understand themselves? How do they understand their reality? How do they understand who God is? How do they understand God's connection to them? I think you can find a lot of that in the mural. So I'm sort of saying we need to sort of, we can interpret them and they can give us a new awareness about communities and contexts that might be unfamiliar. The second thing that I'm trying to suggest is that they are a very unique, a new and emerging and unique expression of African-American spirituality and theology. There's just certain aspects of them, a focus on the community, a sense of God's imminent presence, um, focus on children, those kind of things. They, that seems to me to really capture some of the ideas in a visual way of what people call black theology. And then the third thing, I think, is that they are they're really great examples of what people call restorative justice you know that they are about creating relationships bringing people together and creating relationships sort of saying that trans you know transforming communities is not just something that requires material goods but and and material services but also needs intangible things right like things like relationships things like you know neighbors who know one another who trust one another relationships across the different services um, within the city. So I think the murals are really doing that. And we're not going to get a chance to look at some of them that are done by, you know, incarcerated artists. But, you know, there there is that whole element to them. And then the last thing, I think, is that they're creating 
they're creating sort of a new sort of visible religion. They're creating a space, I think, in the public square because they're in pu- very public spaces for religious imagery and for conversations that, you know, revolve around questions of religious identity, questions of things like sin and salvation and, you know, things that people don't always feel comfortable talking about in the public square, particularly in an urban context, particularly in an urban context in the U.S., So it's almost like they're kind of creating space for, you know, um, religious dialogue in, in the public square. So I think that, I think those four things are kind of what I find the murals doing, whether people are really intentional, they're probably not in a way I find that then to be that more authentic what they're doing, you know, because, um, know they're they're coming out of communities who are just expressing what's on their mind not necessarily with an agenda so this is Fordham Conversations on WFUV 90.7 and WFUV.org I'm Nora Flaherty ahead this morning at Cityscape with George Bodarkey on this week's show looking back at more than 100 years of the forward newspaper that's ahead at 7:30 on WFUV this week on Fordham Conversations we are taking a tour of some of Philadelphia's community murals Maureen O'Connell's my tour guide today. She is an assistant professor of theology at Fordham. Let's hear the rest of our tour. So we are at 13th and Washington in South Philadelphia, and we're in a really interesting neighborhood that is a Vietnamese neighborhood that also bumps right up into a Mexican neighborhood. And we are at the Bode Buddhist Temple. I'm not exactly sure how long it's been here. I think it's been here at least 10 years. In fact, at the dedication for this mural, the city councilman who's Italian said that this used to sort of be like a, an Italian American kind of like card club place. So it's interesting how the neighborhoods have kind of changed. But anyway, the mural is called journey from the, from Vietnam to the U S and it is, it's a really big, it's probably a three story mural. Again, a really large mural painted in really bright colors, yellows, pinks, oranges, golds, And on either side, on the left and the right-hand side, far left and right-hand side, are 10 different sort of, I don't know, just little depictions of different values, both of Buddhism and also Vietnamese culture. So you have, that were done by students at the University of the Arts who worked in conjunction with the mural arts program and this community here at the temple on the mural. So you have ideas of wisdom, family, tradition, courage, love, homeland, all these things. And so these students did a lot of research on these different values and principles and came up with what they thought were appropriate images. The next sort of moving in towards the center, you have depictions of two dragons, which are obviously really culturally rich icons. And beneath the dragons are are two, um, I guess, a poem. On one side, it's written in English. On the other side, in Vietnamese, sort of about a family commitments in the context of storm, which makes a lot of sense given the central image in the center of the mural, which is really what came out of meetings with this community, what they wanted to be on this mural, which is um, an image of a boat crossing, fleeing from Vietnam, crossing an open body of water. And the muralist, Shira Walensky, who worked on this, who I've met with, said that this took a lot of time, that the community was very particular about how they wanted the water to look, what they wanted the boat to look like, the color of the boat, the type of wood, the way the sky would appear. So clearly this image comes from the experience of people in this community sort of 
fleeing from their homeland to a new place. The ironic thing that Shira also mentioned to me, which is, again, one of the things that I think is so rich about the murals, is that um, there's a, it's, it's right in front of a parking lot. I guess the, the temple shares a parking lot with a Save-A-Lot grocery store, and so there would be a lot of foot traffic when she was working on this with her students last summer. And um, lots of different folks from the Mexican community here coming by were kind of talking about the immigrant experience and how this how this mural kind of evokes ideas of the immigrant experience for them. Um, so it's really kind of a fascinating piece. And then all the way over to the left on a smaller wall um, are a whole series of, it's like a mosaic that's of tiles. And the mural arts program ran several community days here at the temple where people could come in from all over the community and um, do their own little kind of um, mosaic kind of tile of, you know, the values that are connected to this um, to this mural. So they're all over on the left. And at the community dedication day, it was really fascinating because you could see lots of people coming up and sort of identifying their own contribution to the mural. And the monks from the temple came out. Um, the city council person was here. Somebody from um, the American Buddhist Association um, was here, the Asia American Buddhist Association. So it was a really, really neat kind of community event with lots of energy and traditional music and dance and dress and a celebration in the temple afterward. The center, the center for, or this Islamic center that we're going, Alaska, has been there for 40 years in a furniture warehouse over in the really sort of North Kensington section of the city. And I'll kind of give you, we'll see, you'll see it as we drive in. You're going to see some interesting things. So after 9-11, they, they, they were very concerned. You know, the police commissioner and, you know, his second in command were, you know, kind of stationed themselves after 9-11 at the mosque, really concerned that there would be anti-Muslim sentiment and that the, you know, that there might be some violence at the mosque. Unfortunately, there wasn't. And in fact, a lot of people in that immediate community really reached out. So here we're coming up on, um, I think it's, what is it, Jefferson in Germantown? So you can see the mosque. I've tried to take a picture of this myself and capture, and it just doesn't work well. But, like, here, here's the mosque. Then you've got this abandoned, you know, 1906 is the keystone on the top of this, um, you know, small little factory, some kind of manufacturing plant. Or, and then in the background, you know, the spire of this big old, big old church whose clock is still keeping time, it looks like, which is really surprising. But anyway, just the mix of things in the city and I think you can't ignore the context in which some of this art is done you know in addition to painting the mural you know painting the building using really beautiful geometric um, patterns and symbols and colors the the building is also decorated with these hand rolled tiles that people within the community did and then they opened their doors to the wider community there in that neighborhood and then they had I don't know how many community days, you know, where people came after work or people came on Saturdays. Kids from a Christian Lasallian school came, students and um, congregants from um, a synagogue out in the suburbs came in, all worked on these tiles that decorate the entire building. And then along the side are um, is an actual, you know, a, a more traditional mural called Doorways to Peace that... Um, was done with people in the wider community about the different virtues that are connected to peace. So it, I don't know, it's just such a tremendous story about the ways that people can engage one another 
um, precisely from their orientation or their identification in a religious tradition and not in spite of it, you know, and come up with this beautiful collaborative process. It's really transformed that immediate community. It's transformed the people in the mosque and um, has really launched them into a very public and, and constructive rather than reactionary kind of participant in the community. Uh, my name is Joe Brenman, and um, I'm one of the artists that worked on the mural at the Al-Aqsa uh, Islamic Society. It seems like really good responses, like really, really good. Like most everybody really was happy while we were working on it. They would drive by and stop and talk to us or walking by and they were really happy. I mean, it took a little while, but after we got started on it, they were really happy. And, and we were really excited about it. And looked at it like it was like a really, you know, great change for the neighborhood. That's a really important thing was to show that there was a large Islamic community here in the neighborhood. And that they were, you know, proud of, of what they do and that, and that there's a lot of beauty to, to what they, they have here. And that was, so that was one of our goals, was to reflect that beauty. The way it, it shines in the afternoon, it's really bright and shiny in the afternoon, just like kind of glows and looks really kind of magical. You know, it just converted the building. You know, it was like an old warehouse when we started. And it just turned it into this really beautiful spot. For me, being Jewish and working on this was a really powerful experience, so... That was a really big part of this project, and I got a lot out of it, like the feeling of brotherhood with uh, the people here at the mosque and in the neighborhood. It just brought out really great, you know, really strong feelings of brotherhood. You can learn more about the Mural Arts Program and look at pictures of many of their murals at muralarts.org. From WFUV 90.7 and WFUV.org, this has been Fordham Conversations. The show is now available as a podcast. If you're interested in subscribing or just looking for some more information, click on podcast at WFUV.org. If you'd like to know more about anything you heard today, or if you have something to say about the show, you can email us. The address is Fordham Conversations at WFUV.org. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Nora Flaherty. Cityscape is next. Thanks for listening, and have a fabulous weekend.